back with a classic Shirits episode. Finally, I am here to talk about the books that I read and how they made me feel and what I am thinking about now that I've read them. So thank you so much for being here, for asking for this type of content back for the two and three, three of you who ask. Thank you very much. You know who you are. Uh, I hope you were listening and I hope you like this episode. Um, okay, so I have a couple of, of, of excuses to give you before I start. And they are related to why I am not as consistent with the podcast as I used to be before. I have a couple of excuses. Uh, the first one would be that I got scared, y'all. <laughs> I got really scared. I see the statistics and I see that more people were listening to it than before. And it freaks me out. It, it does. And especially when... People that I know and people that know me tell me that, oh, I listen to your podcast. It really freaks me out. It feels like my nudes leaked and I don't like that feeling, which is weird because at the end of the day, who doesn't want uh, their podcast to be heard? You know, who doesn't want that? Like that's that's the point of, of people to hear your voice. But to me, it's not that it's not the point. Of course, I want more people to listen, but I just wish... I didn't know <laughs> the people. Uh, I don't know. I was um, talking to my brother the other day. We were uh, family dinner. We were at a family dinner and he just goes like, oh, I listened to your podcast. And I was like, Ugh. it really freaked me out. And so did my ex-boyfriend and like this guy I was seeing or whatever. So it's just weird. I dare you to try to, you know, to create a podcast that's kind of your spoken journal Put it out into the world. And then um, someone that you know just comes and tells you like, oh, I listened to it. I dare you not to feel some type of way. So I felt some type of some type of way and I stopped. And then I started creating different content that was not, that wouldn't put myself so much out there in the way that it did before. The first episodes were really, really personal. Um But I, I wasn't enjoying that as much as I enjoy to do what I'm going to do now. So, yeah. Long story short, I chickened out. <laughs> But I am back. And I, I'm just going to do whatever I want to and not think too much about who's listening. I'm going to try. I'm really going to try. Um, the second excuse is that I started my master's. And it's a lot of reading and a lot of homework and a lot of hours that I put up to it. So definitely is um, taking time away from the podcast. And it's not, you know, the hard part is not really like do well, it is. It is like aligning the episode and, and decide what I will talk about and what's important and what's not. Read the books, everything. It's a lot of time but then there is the part of promoting the podcast and creating content for the Instagram and all of that and I do not I don't want to say I do not have the time because we are all given the, the same amount of hours and we decide what to do with them and there's definitely hours of my day that I lose scrolling through my phone I'll admit that so I cannot say that I don't have the time but it's been hard to make the time to create content and to create the podcast itself. So that's my, those are my excuses right there. 
do what you want with them. But I am back and I'm really, really excited to be back. <laughs> so before we get to the episode, I would like to acknowledge the fact that yesterday was Valentine's Day. I mean, if you're listening to this, the day it, it comes out yesterday was Valentine's Day. And I hope that went well for you in whatever that means I hope you had a good day if it means nothing to you I hope you had a good day anyway <laughs> and if it did I hope you had a, a good day too um, but I do want to share something that I wrote on my journal a year ago because I still feel the exact same way and it's weird to feel the exact same way about something a year later right so I am at the exact same place when it comes to Valentine's Day and I can't remember if I read this to you last year but just in case I didn't, I'm going to read it to you now. And that's all I'm going to say about Valentine's Day <laughs> for the entire episode. So enjoy. Valentine's Day 2020. I have come to the conclusion that sadly love is rare. Not all fashioned, just rare. Everyone around me seems to be either in an unhappy slash toxic slash not healthy relationship from which they can seem to issue for God knows what reason, or in an almost soon-to-be, but almost might never be slash never was sort of relationship, or single but desperate to find the one. If you're reading this, or listening to this in this case, and like me, do not fall under any of these categories, that means you are rare too. Because that means that you're either in a happy relationship or happily single. So I guess today is a great day to celebrate if you are not constantly scared of being cheated on, being left unread, or not fulfilled by, by the person who loves you. If you are, by all means, if you're in love, by all means, buy the roses, the balloons, the chocolates, because having any sort of relationship worth being celebrated, it's rare and it deserves to be. So, let's get right into it. So, the first book I read last month was Frankenstein. I can't believe I waited this long to read it, but I am glad I did, finally. Um, I guess we all know what Frankenstein is about, but what I was surprised to learn, though, is how the story took shape. And to tell you how the story took shape, I will read from a National Geographic article uh, just because if I tell you the story, it's going to take me 20 minutes, which is the entire time for the episode. So anyway, I'll read. The story, Frankenstein, took shape during the year without a summer as 1816 came to be known. The 1815 eruption of the Mount Tambora volcano on the island of Sumbawa, part of modern-day Indonesia, had released vast amounts ash rock and sulfuric dust into the air, which dramatically lowered temperatures across many areas of the globe the following year. That year, a group of friends from England had been looking forward to spending the summer months together in a large house near Lake Geneva. The group included the poet Lord Byron, his personal physician John Polidori, the poet Percy Shelley, and Shelley's teenage lover Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin. Godwin. The outdoor activities they had been eagerly anticipating were washed out by the constant torrential cloud bursts in Switzerland that year. To pass the time indoors, the party held stirring discussions of current scientific theories. They speculated on the possibility of bringing dead matter back to life by using electrical impulses. 
After all the scientific talk, Lord Byron took the group in a different direction and suggested that each member of the party write a horror story. Out of this parlor game came a new kind of tale, Mary Shelley's terrifying novel, Frankenstein. And as a side fact, nobody asked for, the eruption also caused a decrease in crops and livestock, leaving many without dependable transportation, which contributed to the invention of the bicycle in 1817. I mean, it was something like the bicycle, which led to the modern bicycle, which I still don't know how to ride, by the way. But anyway, I thought that was really, really interesting. I had no idea that for an entire year, there was no summer only winter back in 1816 anyway i also read in the dream house by carmen maria machado but we're not talking about that one because i didn't like it uh, and just not to leave uh that as my last comment on the book i didn't like it i just i'm just gonna tell you why i didn't like it and it's because it felt like a friend telling me all about their toxic relationship and I just don't like hearing about it. And I know, I guess, there has to be some value in that story, in that toxic cycle, but I just, I'm not here for it, so I didn't like it. Um, but if you did, let me know, slide into my DMs, and we can fight about it. I also read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I'm not sure that's the right name in English. I read it in Spanish, but you know, Viktor Frankl, if you don't... Um, That book is a book published in 1946, I think, um, chronicling Viktor Frankl's experiences as a prisoner in Nazi concentration camps during World War II and describing his psychotherapeutic method, which is called logotherapy. And it involved identifying a purpose in life to feel positive about and then immersively imagining that outcome. This book was recommended to me by my therapist, so that's why I read it and I really liked it. Um... Here's a quote, which I poorly translated to English, but it says, a man who is conscious of his responsibility to the one who loves him or to a creative work in process will never be able to give up in life. Or I think this one is better. He who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. One of the moments in the book that I remember the most is when he gets to the camp and they take away his manuscript which is basically his life and the only thing he asks to keep and obviously they take it away from him and um, it's just admirable how instead of giving up he finds purpose in doing it all over again and another thing that I found really interesting is that Frankl argues we cannot avoid suffering but we can choose to cope with it find meaning in it and move forward with renewed purpose And I love that because I just don't like that phrase of everything happens for a reason. Um, but I think it's necessary for most of us. We need to believe that our suffering has a purpose and a meaning in order to bear with it, in order to move on and to move forward. So from now on, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to roll my eyes every time someone, still, someone tells me everything happens for a reason. Um, because I know that we probably need to hear that. And this is the last quote from the book that I'm going to share with you. And it says, Ultimately, man should not ask what the meaning of his life is, but rather he must recognize that it is he who is asked. In a word, 
Each man is questioned by life, and he can only answer to life by answering for his own life. To life, he can only respond by being responsible. Thus, logotherapy sees in responsibleness the very essence of human experience. Shut every time I said life. <laughs> anyway, I also read The Passions According to G.H. by Clarice Lispector, but I won't be talking about this one because I already did in November's episode, so go check that out if you want to. And the last book I read this month, last month, I mean, uh, was Don't You Forget About Me by Fatty McFarlane. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I rehearse <laughs> saying that, uh, but it's been too long since I did that. So anyway, this is a 3.8 stars in Goodreads. I don't rate my books, but if you care about ratings, that's that's it. And this is a book which I will be talking about for the rest of the episode. Why? Because it is the first book I read in a long time, which is not depressive, sad, or dark. <laughs> so this novel is lighthearted, funny, warm, witty, sharp. And this is the kind of books that got me into reading when I was younger, younger, because I'm still really young. Um, so the book uh, is about Georgina, the main character, <laughs> obviously, duh, and her growth and how she overcomes her past experiences and gets back together with her ex, but really it's not, I don't feel like it was a story about two exes getting back together, but more about a woman uh, getting through and going through some dipshit in her life and just moving on and moving forward. So real quick plot summary, Georgina's working at a not legit, ugly, not ugly, but just like not legit Italian restaurant. And then she is fired. And then that day she goes to see her boyfriend earlier than anticipated because she got fired and she finds him with another girl doing it. And um, yeah, so and then she gets another job. But who happens to be her new boss is actually her boy, her ex-boyfriend from high school, who was also her first love and who doesn't seem to remember her. I thought that was weird. But anyway, so I ask you guys on the gram if you agree about first love being the most intense compared to the others that come after. And 80% of you agreed. And I DM a couple of you who didn't um, just to ask you, like, what's up? And basically your answer was that your first love didn't count because you didn't really feel anything for that person but I think your first love is the one that counts it doesn't necessarily has to be your first boyfriend or the first person you kissed sometimes it's not the same person sometimes it is to me it was I got really lucky with my first love he was he was a he was a dean in Gilmore Girls terms um he set the bar really really high in terms of how I should be treated and That is why I am, I wouldn't say I'm picky, but I have zero tolerance for bullshit, BS, sorry, and I don't put up with stuff. I just don't, and I am really grateful to him for setting those expectations. So when, I don't know, when I talk to my friends and, and I tell them, break up with him, <laughs> um, and they tell me that no, like no man is perfect, like no man is good, 
um, they are all like this. I'm like, no, they're not. They are not. And 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 I have I have proof. <laughs> I can vouch uh, for that. But anyway, going back to the book, there is a scene in which Georgina's ex-boyfriend Lucas. Um, they're talking about how they felt about each other back when they were dating in high school. And Lucas says that he felt like she was too good for him. And I can't relate to that in the sense that I felt like I did not deserve him. My, my first boyfriend, my first love. I genuinely believed that he wasn't in love with me. But why was he with you, you ask? Um, I would tell stories to myself about how he just wanted a girlfriend and I was funny and and i don't know not too ugly and and I, I truly the problem was that i truly believed um these things uh, but back then i wouldn't tell you that back then i would tell you that i was obsessed with him and i think that underneath that obsession i think underneath every obsessive partner is a very insecure person so when he eventually broke up with me because i was a psycho and i don't like using that word so i i take that back but i was really challenging um and he broke up with me I was like fuck I was right I was extremely insecure and I'm not justifying myself for being an asshole I generally apologize to every guy and every friend who paid with heartbreak for my insecurities I don't think there is any justification for anyone who is an asshole like you're just you're just a bad person and, and period like you're not justified you cannot go on cheating on people and betraying people and making people feel bad just because you're insecure or because you have issues or whatever. But anyway, um, um, there I found an article, because I always do, uh, that says, if I can, okay, it says, I'm going to read. It says, first love lives an imprint on the sensory areas of the brain. Since there are multiple studies that confirm that our brains experience addiction when we're in love. Falling in love for the first time is important because it is the foundation and most of the time we experience this kind of love during adolescence when our brain is still developing. Cognitive scientists at MIT explain that we experience peak processing and memory power at around age 18, and this is a time when we experience a lot of firsts, including our first love. So basically, don't fall in love if you're 18 or younger. Wait, wait until your brain is fully developed. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay, so um, I'm going to keep reading. First love isn't going to be the best or deepest love. It is because of the intensity of the first love that could translate someone to a feeling that they loved that person more in their memory. And I, let's, let's sit down and talk here. No, but I really think that memory is a tricky thing and a dangerous thing. And we feel sometimes things, we feel things as we remember them and instead of how they really were. And I, I learned this recently, actually. Um, I think I do have my first love in a pedestal. Not in the sense that I am still in love with the guy or anything, but in the sense that, as I told you, he was the perfect boyfriend, and I still think of him that way. And uh, it's not that I'm looking at a guy like him, but I am definitely 100% looking for a guy who treats me like that. And 
Um, not exactly like that, but as good, like as, you know, like a decent <laughs> human being. Um, and then I think that sometimes me thinking that forgets that that person who he was then is gone. And it took me... Okay, so I was right here where I am now. This was months ago. I think it was around five, four months ago. And I had two friends over. One of them was going through his private albums on Facebook. And there was this particular album from high school. And, you know, he was just going through it. And I was doing my thing. And he just goes like, oh, my God, look who this is. And he shows me his phone. And it's a picture of my boyfriend at the time, a.k.a. my first love. And I look at him and I was like, wow, like I haven't seen that person who I fell in love with in such a long time. And I hadn't seen him because he doesn't exist. You know, I still follow him on Instagram and Facebook, um, but I but he's not the same person. He doesn't look the same. He doesn't act the same. He's not the same person at all. And I just looking at him, I kind of I inner cried a little bit. I was like, wow, like time really just went by like time is is gone and that person that he was then I can no longer see see it now and the person that I was in who was in love with him is gone too and it was just such a moment of wow <laughs> you know like I've never thought of it that way of that person is gone forever um so so it was it was really good that I that I saw that because that's the other thing I deleted everything like there is no proof from my end <laughs> that we happened that that happened uh, but seeing that and seeing him as he was back then made me realize that it's gone like everything is gone it's, I wouldn't say it's a lie but it's it's just not real anymore we're two different people so no one and I'm not only talking for myself but I don't think I, I'm talking about everyone who still feels like that was the deepest and the best love and they wish they can get that back it's like you're never gonna get that back because you're never gonna be that person again and even if you get together if you get back together with that person it's not gonna be the same because again you are not the same people and that is normal and that is okay However, though, I'm not going to lie. I'm really curious to see. I haven't seen my first love. I hate calling him my first love. It sounds too deep. And like, anyway, but I haven't seen this guy in ever since high school, I think. And I would like to know how I've talked to him, though, but I haven't seen him in person. So I just would love to know how would we act around each other because there are so many shows and by so many shows I mean How I Met Your Mother I always mean either How I Met Your Mother or, Gilmore, or Gilmore Girls because those are the only two shows I've ever watched um but you know how in How I Met Your Mother Robin uh finds her first love when you know back from when she was 16 and then when they are together at 28 or whatever however old they are they act as teenagers. They act just how they acted before. And I'm just really, really curious to see if my inner 16, 17-year-old would come out if I were given the chance to see this guy again. I do, like, like I just think it would be 
it would be really interesting but anyway this is not an invitation <laughs> by the way but moving on with the book um there is another question that says um something about the modern types of dating and i said on my instagram that i was not going to get into that because i've already there are i think two episodes in my podcast in which i talk about that but I am going to talk about that and that and I'm going to end the episode with that because we're already 22 minutes in. Um, and the only reason I'm talking about this is because this weekend, well, I guess last weekend, my friends came over and we had a really <laughs> uh, in-depth conversation about it. And I think it's worth sharing with the world. So that's the only reason why I am talking about this again and what I mean is I'm talking about monogamy and open relationships and in the book as I told you before Georgina finds her six month I think it was six months uh, boyfriend um, having sex with another girl and then when she com confronts him he says like oh but I thought we weren't exclusive exclusive like I never said at any point we're exclusive even if we're, we're dating for six months and you were practically living at home like she had a key to his apartment that's how um she got him so i was talking to my friends not about the book but just about life in general and one of my friends says that he thinks himself he's really mature because he understands open relationships and how and how they work and um and he can sustain open relationships and, that, and um I was like, I don't know if that, I mean, I'm not judging. If anything, that's the type of relationships I've been on for the last two, three years. And they are fun. They are fun. I don't judge. It doesn't make you less of a human being. It doesn't make you, you know, it doesn't make you, being in a monogamous relationship doesn't make you a better person at all. But I don't think you can take credit for being in a relationship because to me, a real, real real relationship is a lot of work it's not easy but not 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 easy in the sense that you're suffering and that you're uh, putting up with shit and tolerating and you know and just justifying things that shouldn't be justified but in the sense that it's a lot of work that sometimes you are going to want um to succumb to your worst intentions But being in a relationship means that you're not going to. And that, and if it takes for you to look up in your room and not do what you really want to do in that moment, then you're going to do it. I think it's more about willpower and more about just work. And just thinking about the other person before you what you think you want. So just thinking about the other person's feelings first and not wanting to hurt them. That's it. Like, that's, th there's not much science to it. So I think being in, like, a monogamous relationship takes a lot of work. And that is something that I admire. That is something that I look up to, even if it's not something that I, at this moment, want for myself in my life. But I just don't think you can go around saying you're mature and you're in a relationship if you are just having sex with anyone and everyone. Good for you. I know that's fun. Um... But I just don't think that's a relationship. Why call it a relationship? It's not. So anyway, what <laughs> my one of my best friends who I've talked about in the show, um, maybe too much, my best friend David, he 
said this analogy slash metaphor that just like really resonated with us back then. We were obviously drunk, so anything and everything resonated with us. But he said that being in an open relationship, it's like being in a Zoom class in which you have your mic off and your camera off and you're watching Netflix. You're watching Netflix on the side. Like you're really not learning anything. You're not in it. You're just you're just having fun. And you're not becoming you're just not you're just not becoming anything. You're not growing. You're not working on anything. You're just having a good time. Which is not wrong. I'm not gonna judge you. It's fine, but it's not a relationship. Um yeah <laughs> I love how I said I was not going to talk about this but I promise it's just because that conversation I had with my friends while we were drunk in my apartment in Mexico City you guys <laughs> so I thought I'd share that with you and that's it for today's episode I hope you like it I hope you enjoy it I promise I'm going to try to be more consistent on this platform even if I cannot promote it as I used to I'm still going to be here for the few of you who are listening religiously and I really really thank you so much for it if you can help me um, by writing a review sharing it on your story sharing it um, sending this to a friend who might like this or just sliding into my DMs and let me know if you like it please don't assume someone already did I will leave all my socials in the show notes okay Thank you very much for tuning in, for listening to